Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. My name is Ray, one of the pastors, another one of the pastors here at Calvary Community Church. And we're glad that you are with us today. Listen, as I, I'm going to get going here in just a moment. So if you have a little one who gets done before I do, we have parent rooms out there. You can watch the whole service online and uh, with audio and sound and everything. And so I just want you to know that that is available if you'd like to take your, your child there. So uh, before we get in the Word today, uh, it's a pretty important or serious subject we're going to talk about, I think, this morning. And uh, my heart's heavy, and I know yours is as well, uh, for what's taking place in Israel. Now, obviously, Israel is not the only hot spot around the world. There are things taking place over, but Israel is near to our hearts for a lot of reasons, but one is some of us have friends there. We have friends and family, and uh, our hearts are burdened for what's taking place there, and uh, I, I thought we could, we could pray. Does that sound like a good idea? To lift up uh, a lot of things there, uh, There's something on my heart, and I, I, if most of you would join me in it, uh, I think it'd be good. I just feel like sometimes we just need a, a posture of real humility before the Lord. And if you can't, if you can't kneel, that's fine. But if, if wh- whoever could, if you just join me in just humbling ourselves before God and getting down like this, and it'll take an hour for, to get back up, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just think there are moments where we just... Really take a posture of humility before our God, because it's a big deal what we're asking for, and I'd like my physical posture to be a posture of my heart. Uh, over 500 have died just in Israel, 500 or more, two to 300 already in the Gaza area strip, and uh, thousands have been wounded, and uh, God's going to have to intervene. It's going to take a God thing, Right? It's a God moment. And the church, you know, it's easy to take sides. You know, if you were to ask me, I saw this picture. I called, I was texting back and forth with Daniel and Taylor, and uh, I mentioned this picture that I saw of a little girl being held by her father, just crying. It broke my heart. The question isn't to ask. You know, if someone were to ask, Pastor Ray, was she Israeli or Palestinian? I would respond to you, does it matter? God protect our children. God protect the innocents on both sides of this issue. Bring to justice, bring to bear those who have caused this. Yes, Lord, but protect the bystanders. Uh, I have friends who have sent their children to Bethlehem Bible College. Did you know there are Christian Palestinians? I mean, let that expand your mind just a minute. There are Christian Jewish people as well. So, Lord, we come today, and we thank you that we can humble ourselves before you and cry out on the behalf of, a, of an area that has seen so much conflict through the years. So much conflict, and yet, Lord, we know that it's a special place for you. You hold it dear. Lord, we lift up the nation of Israel. 
We lift up them in this hour where unprovoked these things have happened. And God, we pray that you would just bring a hedge of protection, that you would oversee and watch over, Lord, those in the, in the midst of the conflict. We pray, we pray for the children that you'd watch over them. We pray for the innocent bystander on both sides that you would watch over them. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for an outpouring, God. Uh, it's a microcosm of our, of our world that is desperate for you. Desperate for you. So Lord, we pray for Israel. We pray for what you can, alone can do. So God, meet the needs, we pray. Watch over those in the, in the, in the midst of the, the fire, we pray. And God, we're gonna give you the thanks. We're gonna give you the praise in this moment of need. Thank you for these wonderful people who will pray with us today for this nation, for these people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Okay, let's try to get back up. Would you stand with me for just a moment, kind of get the blood going again? Genesis. Stay focused. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, how many think that's a big deal? Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. Now catch this verse. It's an interesting one. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. How many know if you see a word three times, it's kind of a big deal? In that one little verse, and he created them. Now I don't know what you're gonna get out of that, but what I get out of it is, you and I are, are in the, made in the image of God. And every one of us in this room and those outside these walls are precious, amen? amen. Lord, take this word, let it go deep in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, by the way, uh, I did want to mention that last weekend, over 41 men signed up for Brave. And yeah, that's a big deal. And so thank you for Brave Enough. And we are, are, are so excited for you and this journey that you're on, uh, that you want to move forward in the walk. Over 143 people are involved in, in Brave currently. So here's where we're headed today. And everyone buckle up, okay? People are betting on when I get wound up, I'm going to try not to get too wound up. But this is a big deal. So if I do... I still love you, so just so know that. So here's the thing. We've been in this series called In the Life, the Life We're Looking For, right? Right there. In the life we're looking for, here it is. Um, honor must be stronger than contempt. Honor of other people must be stronger than our contempt of others. Just as worship, we said a couple weeks ago, just as worship of God must be stronger than worship of self. Just as we said last week, Pastor Taylor said, just as uh, our desire to follow Jesus must be stronger then our desire uh, for comfort, and as Pastor Daniel next week will talk about this concept, this idea of uh, our desire for community must be stronger than our desire for individualism. Even so today, what we're talking about, our, our desire to hold people up in honor must be stronger than our desire to be contemptuous of other people. I want to give a couple definitions, and I'd like you to maybe, you don't have to take notes, but they're in your notes on your phones and whatever, uh, the first definition is this, honor is the call to recognize the value someone possesses and esteem that person rightly. It's recognizing the value of someone else 
and esteeming that person rightly. It recognizes their worth, their integrity, and the dignity of individuals today. Now, the contrast or the opposite of that is, is contempt. And I'm not talking about simple, you're in contempt of court. No, this is deep. This is a, a contempt that isn't up here, but it's down in our soul. It's the contempt we hold for people that we deem different or maybe not as good or, or holding different beliefs than we might hold. Contempt is the feeling that someone else is beneath consideration, worthless, deserving scorn. It is characterized by feelings of disdain, disrespect, and resentment of someone or something. It happens when we per, uh, perceive others to be unworthy, inferior, or lacking in moral or social value. In this life we're looking for, honor must be stronger than contempt. Now, there are two kinds of angers, and I've experienced both of them, and I'm sure you have as well. There's that one kind of anger that it's right there, everybody knows it, it's out there, it happens, and it's that kind of anger that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. How many know what I'm talking about? It's that anger that it's just, it, you, you have that flash of anger, and then it goes away, you, you, you settle it, and you move on. Everyone's experienced that. I would submit there's another kind of anger that is simmering inside of people that, that doesn't just go away. It lingers, it simmers. It's something that is there, uh, right beneath the surface, that, that lays there. It's a contempt that you can see in marriages. It can be a contempt that you see toward children, toward young people, toward others with different beliefs. It is a, 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 uh, uh, an anger that is just there toward other people. We call that contempt. It leads us to treat others in a less than God-honoring way. Maybe we ignore them. Maybe we are dismissive of them. Maybe we gaslight them. That's a, that's a term now, isn't it? Gaslighting, anybody? I, I'm pretty sure it means that you make them think it's their fault for the way that you feel, right? We, we do that. When we're, we're contemptuous of others in a, in a relationship of any sort, we make them feel like it's their fault, that there's no reason. We treat someone badly because, hey, they deserve it for thinking differently than we do. And it's a, it's a problem, not just out in the world, may I say, but even within the church, Right? Let's just be honest about things today. Contempt is the undertone that says you don't matter because of who you are or, or, or what you have or, or how you believe or what you feel. You don't matter. That's contempt today. Now, there are a lot of reasons for contempt in our world around us. We have, we have become, I haven't said this in another service, but it just came to me. Contempt has become a growth industry, right? We work at, 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 at contempt we live in what's called a polarized nation, a polarized world. You have, you have the people on, on the West. I don't want to get into it too much, but you have the West Coasters, you got the East Coast, and you got all the people in the middle. How many know there's a polarization going on in the, in the world, in, the, in our nation? Yes? Oh, come on. Anyone heard the term red, blue, liberal, conservative? I mean, I mean it's just, it, it, it's crazy out there when beliefs and values are starkly different, when this group believes differently than this group, that's okay. I mean, this nation is built on people having different beliefs. But when this group begins to hold this group in contempt, in contempt, not because of what they believe, but because of who they are, that's a problem. And vice versa. This group holds this group in contempt. This group holds that group in contempt. And each side looks at the other with dis dismissiveness, disrespect, and disdain. And, and honestly, we get to the place in this polarized nation. We look at the other group and we say, why would anybody think that way? Have you, have you said that in the last 12 months? Come on. 
Why would, how could they possibly think that? I have. I mean, honestly, there are, are times when it's daily. Seriously? Well, if we're not careful, that becomes contempt. Becomes content. Then not only polarization, but then we live in a social media world now where everybody's connected in seconds. And I'm going to tell you, friend, and I say this as a word of encouragement to your counsel, if, if, you, if you fill your mind with the angry writings of others, you're going to be just as angry as they are. Hello? You're going to be just as angry. And, and by the way, some people are made to make you feel that way. They're paid to make you feel that way. It becomes easy when you're hiding behind a screen to become contemptuous of other people. Right? Contemptuous. Especially with those who don't agree with you. And let's be honest, in this world, there are tons of things to believe in and everyone disagrees with everybody. Then you got the news coverage. It just adds to the problem. I came to the things that were happening in Israel late yesterday. I was working, thinking about the message. Uh, I was talking, like I said, with uh, Daniel and Taylor. And they said, hey, have you seen? And I got online. And what I did is I went to CNN News on my, on my news feed. And then I went to Fox News. And I kept going back and forth. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you want a real party? Read this one for a little while because they want you to feel one way. Then read Fox News and they want you to go the other way. Here's my point. Somewhere in the middle, I'm thinking Reuters. Something in the middle is where the truth's at. Somewhere's where just the facts. These want to influence and opinionate you. Uh, opinionate, I don't even know if that's a word. These want to influence and opinionate you on this other side. And you and I as Christ's followers, because we are children of the kingdom of God, because we are people of the kingdom of heaven, we can't be led this way or that way. We need to be led that way. And that's the call of the church, we who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have economic and social disparity. You have people down here who don't have as much looking up at those and despising them. You have the people up here looking down and are contemptuous of those people, socially, economically. Then you have these culture shifts. Oh my goodness, the world is changing at a rate I can't barely fathom. I mean, up is now down, down is now up, red is now blue, blue is now purple. I mean, for crying out loud. And it, it creates things and all these cultural changes and how, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, when things are changing, it, these changes make us, um, makes me uneasy. I mean, honestly, and we live in a, in a state, I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of changes going on. It's crazy out there. And I don't say that with a contempt, I say that with an observation that it's just crazy. And this, the, the cultural shifts, especially changes that go against our values, make us uneasy. And we hold people in contempt. And it moves beyond, the problem is, in my opinion, it moves beyond the issue to the people. And this is a problem because we read Genesis and we're supposed to honor people who've been created by God. Then you have psychological factors. These changes that I just talked about, they cause things. They, they make me stressed sometimes. They make me fearful. They create anxiety. They, they create internal uh, turmoil within me. And, and, and these things like stress and anxiety, it all happens. Anyone here remember all the things you felt when COVID first came out? Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, we experience it during times of inflation and economic downturn. We experience it sometimes out of our own brokenness. But all of these things that are going on up here, if we're not careful, it begins to influence how we feel in here, down in our hearts. And we begin to hold the people that we think are, I mean, honestly, the whole COVID thing, it moved very quickly from mask and vaccines to the people who believed in mask and vaccines. 
Then the group over here who didn't believe in masks and vaccines, they were contemptuous of these people, and these people thought those people were crazy. I mean, and it went back and forth. And, and this spirit of contempt, this spirit from the pit of hell, we, we began to embrace it, not just out there in the world, but let's just be honest about it. How many know what happened in the churches as well? We had people leave here because I wasn't political enough. I had people, a lot of you have come because we've chosen to follow Jesus and not whoever out there. Does that make sense? I mean, and I got to tell you, in my opinion, I got the best end of the deal here. But that's a whole other message. I'm not picking anyone. I'm just telling you. I want to be with people who want to follow Jesus. How about you? I, I, wanna, I want to inform. No, thank you. But I want to inform. I want us to be informed that when we go out there and we are in the political, the economic, the social arenas of our world, because Christ reigns within and we're led by the Holy Spirit, we can make our own choices. I don't need some person on a platform telling me who I need to vote for because I think the Holy Spirit of God can do it better than me. And we've got to get a hold of that because when we, don't, when we aren't led by the Holy Spirit, we begin to hold people in contempt. Right? And contempt has become easy in our culture. Not just about ideas. Let's be honest about it. It's not about ideas. We begin to hold in contempt the people behind the ideas. And that's where the problem comes in. See, if, if, I'm, on a, I'm on a tangent here, but you know, if you're going to preach, whether you're on a platform or not, if you're going to preach, and if there is con, uh, contempt in your heart, I worry about the message that you're sharing. Does that make sense? If I'm trying to, well, Pastor Ray, we got to preach the truth. Well, I'm all for truth. I really am. But the Bible said these words very plainly, speak the truth in love. If there's contempt in my heart for the people I'm trying to win to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a problem. And we lose focus and we get distracted by the things of this world. And God wants to gently, not, maybe not through me, wants to draw us gently back to a position of recognizing we're not called to hold other people in contempt. You know, uh, I, I've seen it and I saw it during COVID and other times. Uh, families, I've said this before and we've all said it, we've all experienced it, but family, brother against brother. I've had people sit in my office with tears in their eyes saying, we can't get together for family dinners anymore because we're at odds over who got elected or over COVID or over masks, over vaccines. We can't, we can't even be in the same room together. That's contempt. And it's damaging not only to the families, but to our testimony today. Friends stop talking to, to families. And, it, and it, lives are room, ruined by contempt, even within the church. I, I watch sometimes we, we, we are contemptuous. We, we believe in our truth so much. I'm on a tangent, and I'll be back in a minute. We believe in our truth so much that the very people we're called to win, and I just said this earlier, but it bears repeating, we hold them in, in low regard. We're dismissive of them. We say they don't matter or the beliefs that because their truth isn't exactly along the same lines as our truth, we, we, we crucify them. And friends, I, I don't think that's right. See, here's my, here's my problem. When, when con contempt comes to a boil in a, in a group of people, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Oh, Pastor Ray, not here. Well, yeah, but there are some instances. I think of the church in Germany. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote about it and talked about it. In Germany during World War II, the German church held the Jewish people in such contempt, in such contempt, that they became pawns in Hitler's Holocaust. 
they, they, they worked the concentration camps. Luth, good Lutheran people. I'm not picking on Lutherans. I'm just telling you, it's been a great move of repentance in the German church. But when you hold someone in contempt, it leads to bad places. 1993 in Rwanda, 800,000 people were killed and clergy and church people took part in the genocide. Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, Pastor Ray, but that's in Germany or that's in Rwanda. Things like that could never happen here. Friends, I've already seen things in the last couple years here in the United States that just make me shake my head and make me worry about the future. When we start, we need a revival. We need a move of God because we're losing our focus daily. And rather than loving God, heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving our neighbors ourselves, we're looking for people we can dislike. Sometimes we in the church, we're more, people know us not by who we love, but what we're against. And friends, we gotta change that because Jesus said if he'd be high and lifted up, he would draw all people unto him. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna go back to my notes. I mean, honestly, Dr. John Gottman, how we treat one another is a big deal. Dr. John Gottman, he's a social psychologist he has demonstrated with 94% accuracy that uh, he can tell which people in a marriage are gonna get divorced, which couples are gonna divorce. All he does is listens to a snippet of their conversation, he can tell pretty quickly. When we are dismissive of the other person, when we don't care what they say, when we gaslight them, when we don't hear them, when we do all of these things, it leads to a bad place. And I just encourage us today that contempt is the breeding ground for anger, resentment, bitterness, and cruelty to others. So how do we, how do we fight back? I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the tone of this message. How do we fight back against this disease called contempt? Well, let me give you some easy ones, then we're gonna get to a couple hard ones. Uh, number one, we can listen without judgment. No, Pastor Ray, I gotta pass judgment. Could you please just listen first? Could you just listen to where someone's at? And then once you, and, when, and then respond, listen without judgment. How about express gratitude for those in our lives? Just be thankful rather than putting them down, lift them up, give sincere compliments. How about this one? Respect someone else's boundary. How honoring is that? Let me give you an example. If, if anyone in this place, and may the Lord forbid, but I think we, in terms of our children, we gotta have some strong boundaries. If you're abusing a child, Physically, verbally, sexually, that's contempt. That says that child doesn't matter. And I want you to know, friend, Jesus says those kids matter. Respect boundaries for our children. I'm on a tangent here, but I'll come back in a minute. But my heart is burdened for kids that are going to hell and back because we have contempt for them. And I think rather... God would say, honor them, teach them, train them, lift them up, build them up, encourage their soul, and don't damage them by how we treat them with contempt. Honor the children. Practice empathy. I have a 15-year-old grandson who I'm working on with empathy because he, he I, Lord love him, he's, he's uh, he just, empathy's a problem, I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> how do you know 15-year-olds are gonna have a problem with empathy anyway? Empathy. Acknowledge the viewpoints of others. Even when you don't agree with them, acknowledge them. I mean, I remember being in a, in a taxi with a, a, a Muslim man 
uh, is practice of Islam, and he was sharing his heart with me and just telling me about his family and his wife. And, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim, but I just want to raise my family, and I want to serve, the, I want to serve God. Well, I may have differences of opinion, but man, I, I wanted to hear this guy out and give him an audience with a, a, a white guy from the States, an old white guy, and let him know that someone cared about what he was saying. I mean, acknowledge the viewpoints of others. Be patient. Apologize when necessary. Say that one with me. Apologize when necessary. Be an encourager. Pray for those we disagree with. Pray for those we disagree with. Most importantly... Two things, real quickly. Number one, remember that person that you're holding in contempt is made in the image of God. He's made, she's made in the image of God and you may disagree with their actions, their feelings, what they've done, what they believe, but at the end of the day, you can speak the truth to them and still uphold that they are made in the image of God. They have value, they have worth. They're God-breathed. And friends, we can do at least a little better honoring one another in the body of Christ. Is that okay to say? We together, the body of Christ, we are to love and lift up and the hand, the head can't say, the eyes can't say to the hand or the foot. You have no value because the entire body's necessary. Finally, I would say this, and I don't mean I'm done. Finally, I would say this. Our hearts may turn from contempt to honor when we hear someone's backstory. Sometimes we go off on people and we don't know why they're doing what they're doing. It's been interesting. I've been hearing some people's stories today between services and it's, it's powerful. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote this book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Highly Effective People. It's been years since I read it. But he tells the story of being on a train in uh, New York City and uh, this guy, this father gets on with his little, the, the little children and the train gets moving and they start acting up. These kids are going crazy. They're running around. They're just, they're just crazy and they're throwing things and they're, they're bothering all the people around them. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And finally, Stephen Covey couldn't take anymore. So he turns to the father and he said, sir, could you get your kids under control? They're just, uh, they're bothering everybody. And the man, this young father looked at me and said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, you know, we just came about an hour ago from the hospital where my wife died. And, and, and he said, I'm not thinking straight and I don't think they know how to act right now, I'm sorry. In that moment, everything about Stephen Covey's demeanor and attitude changed. What he thought, what he felt, his actions all changed. He turned from, hey, get them quiet to say, well, hey, listen, how can I help you? What's going on? What's someone's backstory? I, I was walking past the coffee stand last weekend and uh, some uh, a gentleman caught me and he kind of nailed me. He said, there's some things going on. And he was just upset about some things. And, you know, I walked away, to be honest with you, a little irritated, frustrated, and, you know, maybe on that verge of contempt. But then I met with him that week, and I heard his story. And once I heard his story, I realized, well, that's why he did that. That's the why behind his actions. I'm not saying what he did was necessarily right, how he handled it. I'm just saying, now I understand. It's amazing when we understand some of the things and some of the backstories of people that we sit with in worship or we live life with. If we knew that, if we knew, I, I, I've lived with people not knowing the hell that they were raised in. Good friend of mine who's now passed away just this last year, name was Randy. I didn't know that it, he grew up, his dad beating him with a belt. 
But now that I, once I knew that, I understood why Randy acts some of the ways that he did was because he was living in a nightmare at home. I'm not condoning and I'm not dismissing away. I'm just telling you, once we know the backstory, it changes our heart. It changes the condition of who we are. Does that make sense to you today? That once we understand what's going on in the lives of people, it makes a difference. Uh, Here's a quote. Value, respect, esteem, regard, worth, and significance all flow out of the refreshing fountain of honor. Yet what leaks out from the septic tank of dishonor is disgrace, shame, humiliation, scorn, and contempt. One of the most common ways we dishonor is to regard God or his people. As we close today, there's this passage in uh, Numbers We're going to read it in just a second. Numbers, I think, 14. Uh, God has brought Israel through all the the stuff, the, the the, the Red Sea and provided food and all of these different things. And now they're right on the edge of going into the promised land. And uh, they send the 12 spies out and the spies come back and, and 10 of them say, ah, we can't do it. There's a lot going on. I don't think it's going to work. But there's these two spies who are so sold out for God. They say, you know what? We can do this with God on our side. We can do anything. But the people of Egypt, or of Egypt, the people who came from Egypt, that God delivered from Egypt, they started saying, well, we wish we had stayed in, in Egypt. We wish we're not going to make it it's not going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And finally, God said these words. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these, pe- me treat, how, will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? How long? You know, friends, I, I would close with this. It seems like to me that there comes a moment where you and I as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ have to decide you know, if I had kingdoms of this world and kingdom, the kingdom of God or heaven, at some point, if, if contempt is over here and honor is over here, if love is over here and hate is over here, if kindness over here and indifference is over here, if humility is over here and arrogance over here, I have to decide at, at, at what point am I going to choose to live within the kingdom of God. And, and it's like someone told me before the service, it's a choice, Pastor Ray. I have to choose where I'm going to live. And there's so much going on around us. We have to choose to be a people that in the midst of a firestorm or a, 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 a sandstorm, that we bring the peace and the hope and the life, and we don't do it at someone else's expense. If I have to build Calvary community up by tearing down another group of people, then I've missed the point. If I have to tear down other churches or, or, or schools or something like that to get where I want to go, shame on me. Because I want to be a person that honors people because they are all made in the creation of God. Amen? I think I'm about done. But I'm going to read one more thing. It says this. It says... Honor must be stronger than contempt. Respect must be stronger than disrespect. Love must be stronger than hate. Forgiveness must be stronger than resentment. Humility must be stronger than arrogance. Kindness must be stronger than indifference. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these wonderful group of people that have been patient and listened to me today. 
I thank you for their hearts, for who they are, for what you're wanting to do in their life. I thank you that uh, you're calling us, you're calling us to be people who, who give honor to others, who lift people up and not tear them down. Lord, we can stand for truth and we can preach the gospel and, and we can do these things. But at the same time, may we be careful not to hold those we're preaching to in contempt. May we not dishonor or dismiss or divide to make our point. Lord, whoever said it, if we're right and we're rude, then we're wrong. So Lord, I pray that a spirit of, of honor would go out from this place that people would be drawn not to who we are, but to who you are. That we would experience the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God. And share that with those around us. Holy Spirit, come we pray and do a work in me and in us. As we endeavor to be a people that live out your truth. In the spirit of grace and of mercy. Lord, you said in Romans, above all else, honor those around us. Honor those around us. And we're going to give you the praise for what you will do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Stand with us. Let's sing together. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.